Hi everyone, my name is Joseph Siegel, and welcome back to the AMM Torah Podcast. Uh, before we get to this week's uh, podcast, I just want to apologize for any background noise. I was told that last week we had some uh, background noise, and no one was really sure what it was. So basically, uh, the place where I record is right next to the big construction site. Um, so I'm trying my best to block out the construction noise during recording, but it could be that some slipped into the background. So I apologize. I hope it doesn't interfere too much. Uh, with the sound, and that you're able to enjoy the Tavar uh, Torah as you normally would. Um, so, with that said, without further ado, let's get right into this week's Tavar Torah for Parshas Vayelach. So this week we get to Parshas Vayelach, uh, getting closer and closer to the end of the Torah. And as we do that, uh, we get to the end of Moshe's time as the leader of the Israel as well. Uh, we've discussed throughout Sefer Tavarim how in each Parsha, you have to focus on uh, what Moshe is trying to tell B'nai Israel, as the entire Sefer Tvarim is really his uh, farewell address to the B'nai Israel. So you have to focus on each parsha. What lessons is uh, Moshe trying to give over? And this week it's interesting because it's not just a verbal message, it's also also an actual active message. There are different psukim in this week's parsha where we begin to see uh, the authority as leader being removed from Moshe Rabbeinu. But it doesn't stop him one bit from continuing to try to help in Israel. The Parsha begins, Vayelech Moshe. Moshe went. So the famous question that everyone asks is, where did he go? And the basic answer of the Mepharshim, and we've discussed in previous years on the blog, is that he went to accomplish. He went to teach. He went to guide the people. He went to show them the right way. He went around to them individually uh, to try and give them any last-minute guidance he could uh, before he passed away. Now, the end of the parsha contains a post like that. It's famous uh, for certain reasons. Uh, it's a song. Um, it's known as the last mitzvah in the Torah. Um, but I think its true significance is overlooked. And it further illustrates how Moshe, uh, even at the end of his life, and he's no longer the complete leader of the Bnei Israel, he's still an important figure in the lives of, of the Bnei Israel in those days and in our uh, lives today as well. So this is Pasuk Chaf uh, Dalid. The entire Parsha Svayedach um, is contained within Perak Lamed Aleph. It's a 30 Pasuk Parsha. So this is Pasuk Chaf Dalid. Um, and unless I mention otherwise, it's all the Pasuk I'm going to quote are in Perak Lamed Aleph of Sefer Devar. So the Pasuk says, Vahikachalos Moshe Lechtov as Divrei HaTorah Zos Al Sefer. And it was when Moshe finished writing the words of this Torah in a scroll, Atumam, until their completion. And the Pesukim go on after that, Pesach of Hay and Chavav uh, tell how Moshe tells, told the Levium to take this completed Torah scroll, this completed Sefer Torah, and place it by the Aron HaKodesh, and it should remain there eternally as a testimony to the truth of the Torah and the truth of Hashem, etc. The thing is, if you look earlier in the Parsha, in Pasuk Tess, uh, there's a similar uh, thing taking place. The Pasuk says, this is the first half of the Pasuk, Moshe wrote this Torah, and he gave it to the Kohenim, the sons of Levi. So what's the difference between uh, this earlier Torah from Pasuk Tess, that's given to the Kohanim, and the Torah that we talked about first in Pasuk of Dalid, given to the Levian? So, I think there's two basic differences that you see in the Pesukim. From one of those differences, we're going to learn out the significance of the other difference and of this whole uh, idea in general. So, the first difference is that in Pesuk Tess, Moshe does not tell them where to put the Torah. He just tells them to take it. He just gives it to them. He doesn't tell them what to do with it. 
The second difference is that Pasuk Chavdalet ends with the phrase Atu Mam, that Moshe wrote it until the completion. Um, but Pasuk Tess does not say anything about the Sefer Torah being completed. Now the Rabban focuses on this difference and explains the significance. Uh, by the time we get to Parshas Vayelech, pretty much all the mitzvot, except for the, actually the mitzvot to write a Sefer Torah, uh, had been given over to the Bnei Israel. So Moshe writes over a copy of the Torah to be used, I think, uh, to be used as a teaching guide. Like, this is the master list of mitzvahs in the Torah, um, and Moshe is giving it to the Kohanim, to the Levium, who are going to be in charge of uh, teaching the Torah to the Bnei Israel. However, he doesn't tell them anywhere to put it, anywhere specific for them to place it, because this is going to be used. It's not going to be used as testimony. It's not edus. It's used as a teaching guide. But, so what's the difference between that and the Sefer Torah from Pesach of Dalit, which is completed, quote-unquote, and is supposed to be used as a testimony. The difference is that it's finished. There's another section of the Torah that has to be written. It might not contain any mitzvos, but it still needs to be written. If you look in Pesach of Beis, it says, Moshe wrote this song on that day. These last few parashas, they are considered a song. And even though they may not contain mitzvos, Again, like we said, the last mitzvah of the Torah is in Parshas Vayelech. They're still part of the Torah. So in Pasuk of Dalid, Moshe is writing a fully completed, perhaps the first fully completed Sefer Torah. And at this point, explains the Ramban, the Torah portion of, of Torah Shabbat Sav, of the written Torah, is done. Closed, sealed. You can't do anything with it. You can't add anything to it. You can't edit it. You can't change it at all for eternity. So which is a pretty significant historical moment, just to point that out. That's, that's really what first caught my eye to this Tavar Torah, to this Pshan the Ramban, is that this is a very significant moment historically. So at this point, it's ready to be used as testimony because it's totally finished and can be used to uh, teach the later generations exactly what happened uh, from creation until this point. And that's why Moshe says, put it by the Aaron. But there's another point here, besides for the Torah becoming the Torah in italics, uh, there's a point over here about Moshe Rabbeinu. Like we said at the beginning, uh, Moshe is the greatest leader in our history. And after leaving B'nai Yisrael for all those years from Mitzrayim through the desert, in this Parsha, we see that he's still committed to, com- to bringing out the best in every single member of B'nai Yisrael, even when he's no longer the official leader, even when his authority has already begun to transfer over to Yeshua. And perhaps I was thinking that's why Moshe is called historically Moshe Rabbeinu. Why isn't he called Moshe Hamanhig? Why isn't he called Moshe the leader? The answer is because he's, he's not just our leader. He was our leader at that time. But after that time, he was no longer the leader. But he always remained Rabbeinu. He always remained our Rebbe, our master, our teacher, our guide. And one of the final acts that Moshe did in his lifetime was putting the final stamp on the written Torah. It's sort of, you know, you, Hashem writes a book which contains all the secrets of the universe and all the truths of the universe. And who's going to be the person who's going to get to finish it and sign it and, and, and publish it, put it on the bookshelves, you know, all that stuff? It's Moshe. Again, the Torah is something totally written totally under the auspices of Hashem, something which can't be edited, changed, or discarded, something which is historically significant, which is uh, significant from a law perspective, uh, significant from a spiritual perspective, the greatest book of all time. And it's finished and sealed with the approval of Hashem by none other than Moshe Rabbeinu. And to me, that might be the coolest thing ever that Moshe could have done. 
Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. For any questions, comments, or to subscribe to the email newsletter, please email me at amemtorah at gmail.com. That's A-I-M-E-M-T-O-R-A-H at gmail.com. The email newsletter will give you updates for Amem Torah, as well as the written version of the Dvar Torah in your inbox, along with an MP3 download of this podcast. The podcast is also available on iTunes. Just search for the Amem Torah podcast or my name, Yosef Siegel. Please check out the blog itself, oldideasforthemodernmind.blogspot.com, where you can get the written version of this week's Dvar Torah, as well as the archived versions of the previous eight years of Amem Torah Divrei Torah. Please check out my website, hashkafahandbook.com, where this podcast is hosted, and learn more about my book, Reality Check, A Handbook of Hashkafa. And finally, please check us out on social media. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash amemtorah, and on Twitter, Twitter handle at amemtorah. That's A-I-M-E-M-T-O-R-A-H. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening, and have a great job.